Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body, and lifestyle. In today's episode, I want to give you my best tips for enhancing immunity from the coronavirus. Now, unless you've been living under a rock, you'll have heard of the coronavirus, which seems to be particularly virulent and to be spreading across the globe. And what I want to give you today is not the usual advice that you're hearing to wash your hands regularly, to use antibacterial hand gels, etc., which you probably already know about from mainstream media, but to actually give you some practical ways that you can use and that I'm currently using with my family and my own children to enhance our immunity so that if we are unlucky enough to be exposed to the coronavirus or any other cold or flu for that matter, we are in the best physical shape to deal with it, protect ourselves and limit the infection so far as possible. And so what I'm going to do in today's episode is to share with you what the research in the scientific literature shows in terms of what works and what doesn't work in enhancing immunity and lessening the impact of infectious viruses like flu and to give you some practical tips that you can use to really enhance your own immunity and that of your family and friends. Now, the first thing to boost immunity and defense is to lower oxidative stress and enhance your body's own antioxidant support. Some individuals like myself genetically have a raised antioxidant need. Does this mean that you should be rushing down to your local health food shop to purchase some high-strength multivitamins? No, in fact, the literature shows the opposite. So whilst vitamins and minerals are very important for health optimization and well-being, we need to make an important distinction between food-based vitamins and minerals, such as those that we find in fruits and vegetables, and synthetic vitamins and minerals that are often found in supplements. And the science shows that this is especially important when it comes to antioxidant supplements, which include vitamin A, um, including beta-carotene, vitamin C, vitamin E, and selenium. And over the years, a number of studies have demonstrated some potential issues with higher dose antioxidant intake, such as those found in synthetic antioxidant supplements. And in fact, in a meta-analysis of 68 randomized controlled trials, which consisted of over 232,000 individuals, it was concluded that antioxidant supplements had no effect, positive or negative, on all-cause mortality. However, when the trials with a high risk of bias were removed, it showed that beta-carotene, vitamin A and vitamin E supplementation were associated with significantly increased mortality. Yes, you heard that right, with increased mortality. Um, There was no effect, positive or negative, with um, vitamin C or selenium. So the main takeaway from this really is that you want to be improving the nutrient density of your diet. Um, It's not about going and getting supplements. There are some that I'm going to speak about in a moment that I think are particularly effective But in terms of general supplements like multivitamins, you're far better off trying to get this as much as you can from a nutrient-dense diet. And so my first tip here is to eat antioxidant-rich foods, and that is to improve your antioxidant status. And what you want to be looking for here is brightly colored fruit and vegetables, things like berries, peppers, tomatoes, leafy greens. These are all high in antioxidants. We also want to be supporting our body's own natural 
production of antioxidants, in particular glutathione production. Glutathione is the master antioxidant in the body, and you can enhance glutathione production in a few key ways. The first one is to make sure that you're eating sulfur-rich foods, because this really does support the body's own production of glutathione. And the foods with the highest sulfur content are beef, fish, poultry, broccoli, kale, greens such as mustard greens, watercress, and also garlic, shallots, and onions. You can also eat foods that are naturally high in glutathione themselves, and this would include organ meats, avocado, spinach, and okra. And curcumin from turmeric has also been shown to enhance glutathione production. Um, You can either get this from using turmeric liberally in foods or taking a curcumin supplement. One thing you can also take as a supplement is a glutathione supplement. Um, Liposomal glutathione is better absorbed, especially if it's taken sublingually, which is under the tongue. I like one by Pure Health. It's Pure Health Glutathione. You can see show notes for details of this one, which has a very bioavailable patented form of glutathione. Another thing you can do if you want to is to have weekly IV glutathione drips, um, especially if you're someone who genetically produces lower than normal amounts. And also to consume foods that constitute the building blocks of glutathione. So making sure that you're getting enough amino acids in your diet, in particular the amino acids that are cysteine, glutamate and glycine, which are the building blocks from which your body creates glutathione. And arlipoic acid and resveratrol are also very good for recycling glutathione production in cells. As I've already mentioned, you want to be limiting oxidative stress, um, so making sure that you're not engaging in practices that have high oxidative stress outcomes, so things like not smoking, limiting alcohol consumption, avoiding highly processed foods such as vegetable oils and foods with added sugar, because this will help to limit the amount of oxidative stress that the body is under and actually enhance the strength of your immune system. So tip number two is to ensure that you have adequate vitamin D levels. Uh, This is really important, particularly here in the UK. We've just been through a very wet winter and so people haven't been involved too much sunlight and you want to be making sure that your vitamin d levels are at least between 50 and 80 nanograms per mil and this is because vitamin d plays a key role in regulating the balance of the immune system and it acts as a power source for t-cells and people with a vitamin d deficiency are more likely to suffer with colds and flu So to optimize your vitamin D levels, you need to expose yourself to either sufficient sunlight or with supplementation. If you're living in somewhere like the UK, like myself, unless you've been supplementing with vitamin D or you've taken um, a holiday somewhere warm and sunny recently, then many people are likely to be deficient in vitamin D. And you can easily check your levels with a vitamin D serum test. Many people also have an impaired version of the vitamin D receptor gene, and so they do require supplementation with vitamin D, especially during the winter months. If you're using a vitamin D supplement, I recommend that you're taking vitamin D3 and combine it with K2 to help get the calcium into your bones as well. Um, You can see the show notes for my recommendation on vitamin D supplements. They're very inexpensive and can be taken by a simple dropper under the tongue. And if you are taking a nutritional supplement, then I would recommend that you do retest your blood levels again after three months to make sure they're not going too high and just make sure that you are within the right guidelines. 
Now, if you're trying to work out how much vitamin D you should be taking, then you can use something known as the 100x rule to work out your optimal dose. And what you do is you subtract your current blood serum value. So that's if you've had a blood test and you've got that value. You take that from the goal that you're trying to get to and multiply the difference by 100. And that will actually give you the dose that you need in international units. So as an example, if your current blood serum value is 30 nanograms per milliliter and you want to get to 80 nanograms per milliliter, then the dose that you would need to take is 5,000 international units. And as I say, I would then recommend that you retest again later. We are able to get some vitamin D from our diet, but the number of foods that contain vitamin D are relatively small in number. Um, The types of foods that you can get vitamin D from are things like mackerel, salmon, herrings, oysters, sardines, um, eggs, and also cottage cheese. But it's going to be very difficult to get sufficient levels from diet alone. Then tip number three is to make sure you're getting some zinc. Zinc is also really, really important for immunity. It's required for the function of over 300 enzymes and more than 1,000 transcription factors, which are the proteins that regulate our gene function. And zinc is important for cell membrane health and also, importantly, in preventing oxidative stress. And it's also really important for hormone production and immunity. And low zinc status can actually increase the risk for pneumonia. Studies have shown that zinc acetate and zinc gluconate lozenges have been shown to inhibit cold viruses from actually latching onto cells and also to shorten the duration of flu. And according to studies in children, regular use of zinc can also help to prevent the flu. So if you experience flu or coronavirus, then zinc would be one of the first supplements to start taking. And that would be immediately that you start with any of the typical flu symptoms. So a sore throat, runny nose, headache, fatigue, muscle ache, and or fever. And there are only certain forms of zinc that are really effective for the flu and the common cold. And the top two that I would suggest here are zinc acetate. And that can be taken in 15 milligram doses. The guidance is around six times per day but as long as is needed with a maximum of two weeks because you don't want to be overdoing it. And you can take this in the form of a sublingual spray or a lozenger. With all of the advice I'm giving here um, and suggestions, you need to take the advice of your doctor. This can't override any of that. So before taking any supplements, always check with your doctor first and clear it alongside any medications that you're on. The other type of zinc is zinc picolinate, um, which can be taken every two hours. Um, at a dose of around 18 to 23 milligrams, again, for as long as as needed, but a maximum of two weeks. And this also you can buy in a lozenge form. Tip number four is to take high dose vitamin C. Now, the body can only store between around 300 milligrams and 2000 milligrams of vitamin C. And that's predominantly in our white blood cells, um, the eyes, adrenals, brain and pituitary gland. And In a case of infection, the reserves of vitamin C are used up very, very quickly. So if you notice yourself catching a cold or flu, then the best thing is to start taking large doses of vitamin C within 24 hours of the symptoms commencing. And the scientific literature indicates that the right dose would be 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C every hour for the first six hours. And you can only really take this up to bowel tolerance because it does tend to loosen the stool. But after that six-hour period, it would then be a dose of around 1,000 milligrams three times daily for as long as is needed. 
Selenium, that would be tip number five, um, is to make sure you're getting enough selenium. This is also a powerful antioxidant that you want to be getting from diet. Um, it's something you can easily obtain. Eating around three or four Brazil nuts per day should actually meet your daily needs. Tip number six is to make sure that you're getting enough nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is a key signaling molecule between cells and the science shows that it can help to fight against some infections and that's both viral and bacterial. So including plenty of foods that are rich in nitrates, things like leafy greens and beetroot, can help to enhance nitric oxide production and may also inhibit the replication of certain viruses such as SARS and the coronavirus. I would also suggest that you avoid using antibacterial mouthwash as this can actually kill the bacteria in your mouth that convert the nitrate into nitrites, which are important for that nitric oxide production. So if you are using antibacterial mouthwash, I certainly wouldn't use it more than once or twice a week. Tip number seven is lactoferrin. Numerous studies have shown that lactoferrin can protect against viral infections by inhibiting the attachment of a virus to cells and also replication of the virus. And it's been shown to enhance systemic immune function. And research is ongoing at the moment as to how lactoferrin-derived peptides, peptides sorry, may inhibit the influenza virus. You can buy supplements of lactoferrin in a base of colostrum, which is also good for enhancing gut health, which I'll come on to later. Tip number eight is to make sure that you're getting enough collagen. One of the key building blocks of immune function is collagen. And collectins, which are collagen-containing C-type lectins, are a part of the innate immune system. And collectins are abundant in the liver, the lungs, the placenta, and the kidneys. And a 2012 study in the Journal of Biomedicine and Biotechnology indicated that collectins are actually a vital part of the innate immune system in the lungs themselves. My tip number nine here would be mushrooms. Now, certain types of medicinal mushrooms have been shown to enhance immunity, and they've actually been shown to stimulate the production of macrophages, which eat the identified pathogens. And the mushroom with the highest ORAC capacity of any food, um, and this is the antioxidant-reducing capacity, is the chaga mushroom. Tip number nine is to include certain types of medicinal mushrooms to help enhance immunity. So certain types of medicinal mushrooms have been shown to really enhance immunity and they've been shown to stimulate the production of macrophages which eat identified pathogens. And the mushroom with the highest auric capacity of any food is the chaga mushroom. So what is the auric capacity? The auric unit, known as the oxygen radical absorbance capacity, is a method that was developed by scientists at the National Institute of Health and Aging to measure the antioxidant capacity of different foods. And chaga mushrooms have been shown to help with immune function and lowering oxidative stress, um, lowering cholesterol, triglycerides, and inflammation. And one of my favorite ways to consume chaga mushrooms is through Four Sigmatic's mushroom coffee blend of chaga and lion's mane, uh, which I'll link to in the show notes. Or if you want a more potent boost, you can use Kappa House chaga tincture. And some other mushrooms that have also been shown to enhance immune function are shiitake mushrooms, reishi mushrooms, and turkey tail. And there are also some adaptogenic herbs that can really help to boost immunity. And these include things like ginseng, ginger, curcumin, astragalus, and ashwagandan. And certain herbs of spices have a really strong antibacterial and antifungal effect. And one particular herb is wild oregano oil. 
Now, PubMed, which is a database of medical and life sciences literature, lists close to 200 studies on the beneficial properties of oregano oil and over 800 studies on the benefits of carvacrol, which is one of the important ingredients in oregano oil for fighting viral, bacterial and fungal infections. And carvacrol has antiseptic and antioxidant properties. So when buying a wild oregano oil, what you want to be looking for is one that has at least an 80% carvacrol content. And the other thing that's really good about oregano oil is it, is it also has um, terpenes in the form of pinene and terpenine, which also contribute to the antiseptic, antiviral and anti-inflammatory properties. And so during cold and flu season, to increase immunity, you can actually consume oregano oil either through droppers in the mouth or by mixing it in water with a bit of stevia if the taste is a bit overpowering for you. Just one thing to be careful of is you want to take care when purchasing oregano oil because if it's 100% pure, then it can actually burn the skin. And so it needs to be mixed with a carrier oil, so something like olive oil or almond oil. Um, There's a couple of good ones that I like, and so I'll link to those in the show notes to this episode as well. And the 10th tip I want to give you is the immune boosters in the form of bee products. And here I'm talking about bee pollen and raw honey. Raw honey is a really effective treatment for coughs that are caused by an upper respiratory tract infection. And manuka honey, manuka is a type of honey that's produced by bees that have fed on the nectar of tea trees, has been shown to inhibit the replication of flu viruses. And the The primary anti-flu component of Manuka honey is something known as methylgloxal. And so when buying Manuka, you want to look for a brand that has an MGO content of 83 or above. And the other one, the other bee product that I mentioned there is bee pollen. And this is considered to be one of the most nutrient-dense foods found in nature. And research suggests that bee pollen has antiviral, antimicrobial, anti-cancer, antifungal, and also liver-protecting properties. It's also jam-packed with essential vitamins and minerals, and it contains more protein per gram than any other animal-based food. So it really is a superfood. And it's easy to take. You can literally sprinkle a little bit of bee pollen on the top of granola or in smoothies for that extra immune boost. Tip number 11 is to include some other immune boosting foods that I just want to list here. If you can get as many of these into your diet, you'll be doing your immune system a favor. So first one is organ meats, things like liver, kidney and heart, because these are high in essential nutrients. Um, So aiming to eat these once per week can be really helpful. Also including teas, so things like green tea, matcha tea, which is the powdered leaf. Matcha, actually, I prefer. It has a higher OREC value, um, and it's much less bitter than green tea because it only contains the powdered leaf, not the stem, and it's the stem that gives that bitterness. Um, So having some matcha tea, uh, other herbal teas and black teas also have been shown to have medicinal properties and contain high levels of polyphenols, which boost the antioxidant defense system. Also including allium vegetables. So this is the family of vegetables that are onions, leeks, and shallots, as I mentioned before, because these can help to increase glutathione production. Garlic is a natural antibiotic and antimicrobial agent, and that tends to kill viruses and strengthen immunity. Now, heating garlic actually destroys the antioxidant compounds, so you want to either crush it and eat it raw, if you don't mind the uh, after effects too much, or take a garlic supplement. And there, if you're taking a supplement, you want to look for one with a high allicin content of 9,000 milligrams. 
Black garlic, which is actually produced by fermenting fresh garlic, has lots and lots of antioxidant compounds, including polyphenols and flavonoids. And then the other food I'd mention here is to make sure you're getting enough short-chain fatty acids, particularly things like butyrate, which contain anti-inflammatory properties and actually help to repair the lining of the gut. And if we have a healthy gut, bacteria, they can produce butyrate from the fiber in the fruit and vegetables we eat, but you can also obtain butyrate from eating grass-fed organic butter. And short-chain fatty acids are really important in repairing the lining of the gut. Which brings me on to my next point, which is tip number 12, look after your gut health. You really want to be looking after your gut health to increase your immune system. In actual fact, three quarters of your immune system resides in your digestive tract. And that system is protected by a lining that is only one cell thick. So if the lining is damaged and becomes permeable, you can become allergic to foods that you would normally have digested without any issue. And you can also get sick more easily because your immune system can become hyperactive, as is the case with autoimmunity. So to enhance the health of your immune system, which is contained in your gut, I want to finish by giving you a few tips that can really help to enhance the health of your gut and your immune system. So firstly, although your body is naturally able to create this amino acid, which is glutamine, you also want to be getting plenty of it from your diet. Glutamine is the most abundant amino acid in the bloodstream, and the health effects of glutamine have been extensively studied. It's an amino acid that can help to repair leaky gut and also improve immune system function. So making sure that you're getting enough glutamine can help to protect the intestinal epithelial cell type junctions, which in turn help to prevent leaky gut. It has also been shown to reduce the levels of inflammation of the gut lining in people with food hypersensitivity, and it's used by immune system cells in different ways, and it's needed in greater amounts in individuals who have high levels of activity. So if you're doing a lot of exercise, high volume, um, also those who are chronically stressed. So if you are working very hard or you're very stressed for whatever reason, and also people with medical conditions. Secondly, for your gut, I would say consuming foods that have a high polyphenol content is also really, really important. And this is because the high polyphenol content of these foods encourages the growth of healthy gut bacteria, which then in turn strengthens the immune system. So that's because the healthy gut bacteria actually feed off these polyphenols. So you want to be looking for foods that have dark pigmented colors, as I've, I've mentioned previously. So things like berries, red peppers, aubergines, these foods tend to have a higher polyphenol content. And you might also consider taking an elderberry extract. This has a very high polyphenol and antioxidant content. And although the sample sizes of studies are quite small, the studies do seem to show that elderberries are able to reduce the symptoms of flu. And in one study done on 60 people, taking 15 mils of elderberry extract 48 hours after the onset of flu was shown to relieve the symptoms by an average of four days earlier. So pretty significant there. So if you're going to be taking elderberry, then the effective dose tends to range between 600 milligrams to 900 milligrams per day, um, which depending on what supplement you're buying will be around a teaspoon. And again, I'll link to that in the show notes. 
Probiotic-rich foods can also really enhance the health of your gut and in particular levels of lactobacillus and bifidobacteria have been shown to improve immunity. And you can enhance levels of these beneficial bacteria either by taking a probiotic supplement or by eating fermented foods. So things like kimchi, sauerkraut, kefir. Um, If you're dairy intolerant, you can get coconut or water kefir, kombucha and other sort of fermented dairy products. You also want to ensure that, as I've already said, and I know I keep going on about it in this episode, but making sure that you're eating a diet rich in plants and eating higher levels of fruit and vegetables has been shown to be beneficial for immune function and gut health. Bone broth is actually another great food to consume to enhance immunity and the health of your gut. And drinking one cup of bone broth each day, whether that's as a warm drink or putting it into smoothies, is helpful. And you can increase this um, by even more in terms of greater immune system, in, in time, sorry, of greater immune system support. So bone broth contains the amino acids arginine, glutamine and glycine. And arginine is crucial for immune system and liver function. Glutamine, as I've mentioned, helps to repair the gut lining and also helps with cellular metabolism. And glycine helps in glutathione production and can also enhance sleep quality. The other thing that's really amazing about bone broth is the marrow in bone broth contains alkylglycerols, which are crucial for the production of white blood cells. Um, So really important for immunity. And the chondroitin uh, in bone broth has anti-inflammatory and immunoregulatory effects. And then finally, the glycosaminoglycans can also help to restore the intestinal lining. So bone broth is literally one of my absolute favorite foods for enhancing immune function. And to get bone broth into my kids, for example, I'll often cook a casserole or something like a chili with bone broth in it, or even cook rice. If I'm making some rice, I'll cook it in bone broth instead of water. And the kids absolutely love it. They're always asking for more because it tastes delicious. If you have a histamine tolerance, that's one thing you need to be careful of. Um, Then you might need to take care when consuming things like bone broth or fermented foods. But otherwise, I think bone broth is absolutely fantastic and everyone should be having more of it. So those are my top 12 tips for enhancing immunity in the wake of the coronavirus. There were probably a few more um, tucked in there with some of them as well. But if you'd like even more information, you can go to my website to download your free guide to enhancing immunity, where you'll find some immune boosting recipes to try out. And I also include more strategies that go beyond the nutritional protocols for enhancing immunity, together with practical steps that you can take to enhance your immunity when flying. I know that over the East break, my own family and myself are going on holiday. And so I'll be sharing in there how we're going to enhance our immune system and what you can do when you're doing a lot of travel. So to get your free copy, all you need to do is go to AngelaFosterPerformance.com forward slash immunity and just enter your email address and you can download the free guide there. Thanks again for listening. And as always, please share today's episode with someone you think it might help or leave a review as it really helps me to get the message out there and reach more people. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.